Hello, everybody. My name is Bill Keever, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness Praise God. Welcome again to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I believe God is going to do something good in your life even today, even in this time that we're living. God's got something good for you today. We've been talking about this idea that God placed in my heart of winning every day. I believe that we can come to the end of every day and feel or understand that we've won that day. Now, that doesn't mean everything always works out the way we want it to. That doesn't mean that we're never going to go to bed and still have something that we're dealing with for the next day or into the next day. But we can know that today we did what we're supposed to do or that we came out, uh, if, if not totally on top or if not totally with everything resolved, we are on top of the fact that God is doing something in our life and we can have joy and peace and love because Jesus gave us that. And so we're looking at different ways and different things in our lives that will help us to win every day. And we looked at um, something in the life of Jesus last time. And the Bible says that God in Luke chapter four, God led him, the spirit led him into a time of testing and trial. This wasn't something that, that he was led into by the devil, but the devil was the one who was doing the testing and trying. That's something we need to realize, and we're going to talk about that more today, but uh, God is not the source of the testing and the trial. God will use the testing and the trial. God may ask you to go through things that will be a test and a trial, but God is not doing the testing. And so Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and just before that, the Holy Ghost had come upon him, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, so he was filled with the Spirit when he went into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit was with him in the wilderness. And I want you to know that part of what will help us win every day is that we need to realize when we're in these times of testing and trial, boy, do we live in an era in a season where there are many tests and many trials out there in our lives and coming against us. And uh, though we may be going through those things, we need to know the Holy Spirit is with us. Hallelujah. We're not alone. You're not alone today dealing with whatever you have to deal with. God is with you. The Holy Ghost is with you. Jesus is with you. And then it said that he came back from that time of testing in the power of the Holy Ghost and things began to happen in his life. Now he got a challenge right away uh, in his hometown and it says he couldn't do many mighty works and they actually tried to throw him off a cliff. He walked through that trial. He walked right past them uh, and they weren't able to do that. And then we see mighty things beginning to happen in his ministry and in his life and for those around him. And we need to know as we face these trials, when you get to the end of today, listen, God is doing something in my life. And as I go through these things, the power of the Holy Spirit, he's with me in them. He's working in me in them. He's encouraging me and strengthening me in them. But when I come out, 
I'm coming out in the power of the Holy Ghost. I tell you what, there's something in that. I feel like for somebody, maybe just for me, but for somebody, you're a candidate for the power of the Holy Ghost to be released in your life, sometimes in miracles, sometimes in healings, sometimes or all the time in the ability to touch and minister and bring the presence of God to other people around you. I do want to go into the three trials that Jesus dealt with because I believe that many of the trials that we encounter in our own life have the same root. They're the same kinds of things that are being tried and exposed and 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 we're overcoming. And so we'll look at those. But as I was preparing for this podcast and for the blog that I, that I do, that they kind of correlate with one another, uh, I felt like God led me to another scripture. And it's one that's very familiar, very familiar to me, certainly. That is James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 4, and very familiar. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, again, I want to emphasize two things here. Number one, God is not the source of the trial, although uh, trials can come from a number of different places. And uh, what we really want to talk about today is what is the will of God for you in this trial? What is God trying to accomplish? Where are you supposed to end up when this trial is over? And we need to understand that the purpose of the trial is different than the source. The source often is our own mistakes, our own sins, our own bad decisions. They open the door to things in our lives that we don't want open. But listen, we're human and it all it happens and so that maybe also that the devil comes against us. We have an adversary called the devil, according to 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. And, and he is going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Sometimes he gets the better of us and he causes us problems. And other times God is saying, this is where you have to go. And in order to get there, you've got to walk through this trial. Whatever the 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 purpose, or not the purpose, but whatever the, the reason, whatever's brought this trial into our lives. It's never God in the sense of God actively trying us. It's the devil. It's our own lack uh, lack of, of consistency and maybe sin, but it's always coming from something other than God. But God has a purpose and God has a place. And so the purpose of the trial is not that we stay in the trial. There's a number of things we've got to get a hold of if we're going to be successful with this. Number one, of course, as we said, God is not the source of the trial, though he may be using the trial, and he may be asking you to go through the trial. Those are two very different things. Number two, we have to understand that we're not being tried because we're somehow bad or unworthy, unworthiness in particular. Sometimes we think, well, God just is not happy with me. He's he's he, we're un, I'm unworthy, and, and that's why I'm being tried, or I'm bad, and that's why I'm being tried. Let me tell you why you're being tried. And that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes and doesn't mean we don't need to repent of sin. But you know why you're being tried? You're a believer in a human body living in this world. As long as you're in that condition, trials, tribulations, testing, those kind of things are going to come into your life. And that's that's fine. We need to know that that's true. And it's not because I'm bad. It's because just the way it is. And in those trials, again, the Spirit is with us, the Holy Ghost is with us, and God loves us no matter what we're facing. But what's he trying to do? Count it all joy. Boy, that's an interesting statement there, isn't it? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. That word translated trials there can mean temptation, 
That's why it's translated in the King James. It can mean attesting, like we would assay gold uh, to prove that it's real gold. It can mean uh, it can mean a test or a, a trial in our lives that we're we're having to deal with something. Temptations, testing, trials—they're all basically the same thing. And he says, "Listen, when you're in the middle of that, like most of us are in this world, when you're in the middle of a trying time, count it all joy. Count what joy?" Not the trial per se, but count it all joy that in the middle of that trial, God is doing something. That's the key to remember. And so he says, count it all joy. I can tell you many times in my life, and my wife and I do a lot of preaching about faith in God and what God can and will do in our lives, and and we've got a lot of experience. We've been in this thing for, I've been in full-time ministry for 45 years, come April 1st, and uh, been a Christian longer than that. My wife and I have been serving together together all that time. And uh, we've seen a lot of things, and we're fond of saying this, in all of our years serving God, what if has never happened? Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't look like it was going to happen. What do I mean by what if? What if we can't pay the bills? What if we don't get better in our body? What if we're overcome this time? What if we can't make it? None of that has ever happened. Now, I will say this, Often it's looked like it was going to happen. There have been times, and they haven't been pleasant, when what if looked like it had to happen. But we stood uh, in God's faith. We, We kept believing God through those things. And in the end, though it didn't always look like we wanted it to, though we didn't get the answer we thought we were going to get, in the end, we always ended up overcoming. And so we need to understand that, and that's part of the the, the reason that, that uh, James here says you need to count it all joy. What is joy? Joy and happiness are not the same thing. They can be related. If you're joyful, you can and will be happy. But happiness is primarily an outward thing. It primarily depends on outward stimulus. Whatever's going on in our lives around us, they make us happy or they make us sad. I'm happy when I'm doing things I like. I'm sad when I have to do things I don't like. I'm happy when good things are happening. I'm sad when bad things are happening. I'm I'm happy when I've got enough money. I'm sad when I don't have enough money. Those things are all exterior. So what is joy? Joy is an interior force that flows from the spirit of man by the Spirit of God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he prayed for them saying that let my joy, that my joy may remain in you. Jesus said we could have his joy. Joy is inward. Joy flows from our relationship with God. And in the midst of trial, in the midst of temptation, in the midst of testing and trying times, we can have joy. Now, how do we get that joy? Number one, we need to make a decision that that we will be joyful. That's not easy. Listen, I am not by nature that kind of person. My wife has to encourage me in that frequently. And But we can make a choice. I can choose to believe that Jesus left his joy with me and choose to respond in that joy. Choose to, and part of stirring up that joy is just to praise him and thank him for what he's doing. I'm working on that right now. It's not always easy, but it is possible. And so we can make a choice. James says, count it all joy. He didn't say it is all joy. He said, I'm going to look at that situation. And today, the world we live in, you could look at the whole thing and say, I'm going to count it joy. I'm going to count the fact that I have joy in the middle of this. I'm going to look at this circumstance and count it joy. But why? What is the source of that? He goes on to say something very important. 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse and ver- or various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. What's being tested? Not really me. That's part of the other thing that we need to grab hold of. God's not just looking at you and saying, well, I'm going to see what he's made of. I'm going to see how good he or she is. I'm going to see if they can make it through. No, 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 no. What's being tested is our faith and not by God, but by the devil. The devil wants to see if you'll continue to believe God through a trial. The devil is trying to get you to compromise, to back down, to back away from your faith. That's part of what we'll look at when we talk about the temptations in Jesus' life. But that's what's being trialed. And he says, knowing this, the trying of your faith does what? It produces patience, or another translation says, puts to work patience. But listen to this, but let patience have its perfect work. Well, what is patience? And when is its work perfect? Well, patience is not just well, I'm just going to bear up like a good trooper. I guess I just have to lay down under this and let it happen and and just, you know, just not complain too much while these bad things are happening. That's not what patience from a biblical sense is all about. Patience is consistency. I'm being patient when I'm able to be consistent in my praise life, in my faith life, in my prayer life, when I'm able to to be consistent in counting it joy. I am patient when I am patiently operating in the knowledge that God is at work in this situation. uh, Matter of fact, James said uh, in chapter 4, where he was talking about uh, some other things, verse uh, uh, 7, it says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, if we were just supposed to bear up under it like good little soldiers, why did James say resist? Resistance is is part of what patience is all about. I'm not going to give in to, well, this is just God's will for me that I be poor or that I be sick or that I be uh, overwhelmed or that I be unsuccessful in life. I guess that's just what God has for me. No, that's not what God has for you. God has something else for you and he's working you toward that something else right in the middle of this trying time. Oh, I tell you what, if you can grab hold of this, then we begin to see these trials from a totally different perspective. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy to grab hold of this. It's not easy to see things this way. You're going to have to go back over this message or go back over that scripture in James chapter 1 again and again and again and again. A good rule of thumb is whenever you feel yourself wavering from patience, wavering from count it all joy, go back and read this scripture again. He says the trying of our faith will put to work something called patience. Patience, again, is not just we're going to bear up under it. It's not just a force of the will. I'm going to wait patiently until something changes. But all through that time, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm overcome, but I'm being patient. No, patience is another force like joy that's an inward force. It's a fruit of the Spirit that is part of our relationship with God. I have patience because I have the Holy Ghost in me. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience is one of those fruits. And so I make a decision. When my faith is being tried, 
you know what? I asked God, God help me. Now people say, well, don't ever pray for patience. You'll have a trial. Well, that may be so, but when you're in the trial, I suggest you pray for patience. I suggest you ask God to release that force that's in you. That'll keep you consistent. That'll keep you trusting God. That'll keep you praying. That'll keep you praising and worshiping and expecting that God is working in the situation because there is a purpose to this. God wants you to get somewhere. Let's read the whole thing again. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, testings, temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces or puts to work patience. But listen to this. But let patience have its patience have its perfect work. When's patience work perfect? When you're through the other side. Hallelujah. I hate to tell you that. But Ephesians, it says, having done all to stand, you got to stand. Hallelujah. How do you stand? You stand in joy. You stand in peace. You stand in patience. He says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What a statement James just made to us. What is the purpose of the trial that you're facing in your life right now? God may be working a lot of things in you. God may be dealing with things in you uh, as, as a result of the trial. He may be using the trial to show you some things that need to change. All of that's true. But what's the purpose? What's the end purpose? Where is he going? Where is this supposed to take you to that place called perfect and complete lacking nothing. Hallelujah. The word translated here for perfect means complete, but it has a particular way of looking or or area of completeness in our life. The word translated means complete in growth in terms of mental and moral character. Once we're through this trial, our mental and moral character will be stronger, will be more complete than it was before we went through the trial. That's why the end result also is that power is released. My character is developed. My moral strength is developed. I can be more perfect in that way. Now, the word translated complete in the New King James is similar in meaning. It also means complete, but it carries with it the idea of whole. Wholeness is something so powerful. It's so important to believers. When there were 10 lepers that came to Jesus for healing and he told them what to do, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And on their way to show themselves, they were healed. Nine of them continued on to do what Jesus told them to do. But one of them turned around and came back and began to give Jesus thanksgiving. And that one was not even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. And so Jesus said something to him. He said, where are the other nine? How come this one only came back? And then he looked at him and he said, because of your faith, you have been made whole, complete, whole. I believe that means all that God wants you to be, spirit, soul, and body in every area of life. When the trying of our faith goes to work, the testings and the trying as we stand in joy, as we continue in patience, as we continue to trust God, when we get out on the other side, our moral and our, uh, morality, our moral uh, character is stronger. Our mental character is stronger. We come out the other side and areas of our life have been made whole. Hallelujah. In the case of this leper, 
you know, leprosy, I've seen leprosy and leprosy eats away at, at people's bodies and sometimes body parts are missing. And it may have been that that person that came back to give thanks all of a sudden had fingers and noses where they weren't before. But I believe it also involves the inner man. What kind of, of wounds would have been in that guy's life because of leprosy. Leprosy separated him from everything that he loved and everything that he had. He couldn't be with his family. He couldn't hug his children or his wife. What kind of wounds does that cause? You have to walk down the street crying out unclean so people stay away from you. What kind of inner things go on because of that? That man left whole, not just in his body, but in his soul, in his life in his mind, in his heart. And that's what God's trying to do. He wants to strengthen us morally. He wants to strengthen our character and our mental, uh, uh, our, our mental capacity and strength. You know, part of our problem today in the world is that we mentally feed on literally very little but candy. We watch TV, YouTube, uh, all the kind of stuff that we read. There's a bunch of junk out there and it doesn't cause our minds and souls and inner to be strengthened. And God says, even in the trying of, the, of our faith, how many of you know that when you're going through a trial, you get into the word a whole lot more than you might have before? Your attention is taken away from some of the things that cause your mental capacity to not be the way it can be. But God, in the midst of the, those trials and testings and temptations, as we count them joy, as we exercise patience, then our moral character and our mental capacity and mental strength is getting stronger until we come to the place where we are whole, where all of our being, spirit, soul, and body is functioning the way God wants it to be. Now, this doesn't happen in one trial. This doesn't happen in one day or one faith encounter or one uh, temptation that we overcome or trying time that we get through, but this is a cumulative uh, thing that happens in our life and the end result when we finally get through in whatever area we're dealing with we will be perfect and complete or whole lacking nothing hallelujah i don't know about you but i i really like the idea of lacking nothing now in a particular trial that you get through where are you going to be perfect and complete and whole and lacking nothing in that area that you got through but as we deal with the trials of life and they're coming they're coming. I'm sorry. I'd love to tell you everything's going to be wonderful all the time, but it just doesn't work that way. We have an adversary, the devil. We live in bodies that uh, that aren't always obedient to the word of God. We, we have minds that have been trained by the world, and often we still have a difficult time getting them to focus where they belong and to, to think the way God wants us to think. Through these trying times, as we count them all joy, we will begin to see things happen in our lives. And just as happened in Jesus' life, while we're going through it, and we know that Jesus is with us and the Holy Ghost is in us, as we come out the other side, I believe we can begin to see the power of God flow in a greater way. Again, I, I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing for healings. I believe the world needs to see the active power of God. But it's not just that. I'm believing for an anointing to when we speak to people around us, we can bring to them the presence of God, the comfort of God. You know, the Bible speaks of prophecy being exhortation, edification, and comfort. Exhortation is to build people up, or I mean to stir people up. Exhortation or edification, I'll get that right. 
Exhortation is to stir people up. It's to to bring them closer to God. Edification is to build them up in the spirit. And comfort, I like this one. Comfort is when God is saying, it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Do you know that we can go into the world? We may not be prophesying, thus saith the Lord, etc., etc., etc. But we can expect that as we've gone through trials, God's going to give us words to speak. And it won't just be our words. Hallelujah. There'll be words anointed by the spirit. There'll be words that would be prophetic to a particular person's situation. And so all kinds of power is released as we go through these trials and as we come out the other side, even in a time like we're living in right now, as we come out the other side, God is doing something wonderful. I I tell you, we're hearing rumblings a number of different places where revival is beginning to happen, where God is beginning to do something. And, you know, uh, you wonder, the place that many of you have heard about Asbury and, and, you know, uh, really... I haven't heard a lot of healings and things like that from there, Uh, and it's just um, some people coming, they want to know Jesus better, but why now? Why is something different happening now? People all over the world, all over this country want to know Jesus better, but something is happening right now. I believe revival comes when people begin to seek after God because God is seeking for people and he's ready to do something. Why is he ready to do something now? Because we have been through trials and temptations. There's never been a greater time of temptation and testing and trial in my life, maybe in others, but not in my life. And as we go through those things, as we count it all joy, as patience has his perfect work, we're going to come out the other side more perfect more uh, more uh, strengthened mentally, more strengthened in our character, and more whole than we have been before, and we're going to see God do wonderful things in our lives. Are you going through a trial right now? I'm going to pray for you that God is going to do something in that trial. But I want to encourage you, read James chapter 1, read James chapter 4, read uh, about the temptation of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, read all these things in the Word, and you will find that something happens on the inside of you. Count it all joy. What are you facing? Is it sickness? Count it all joy. That doesn't mean thank God for the sickness. There was a teaching when I was young going around said, well, whatever happens, it's God's will for you, so you should just thank God for that sickness. You got cancer, must be God's will. Thank God for the cancer. That's hogwash. God didn't do that to you. But you can thank God in it. You can praise God in it. You can thank God that he's working with you. You can choose count to count it all joy and choose to allow patience to work through you, have its perfect work, get to the other side, and you will be perfect and complete or entire, lacking nothing. And when we get there, as we progressively get there, it's not a one time, but as we progressively get there, we're going to see God do some wonderful things in our world, in our lives, and in the people around us. That's what it's all about. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.